the four o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Time to talk a little football. But first, Adam Hill. Uh, you did have some breaking news, not good news, in baseball. What's going yeah. on with an injury? Uh, Mike Trout goes to the, the 10-day DL, but it sounds like it's going to be much longer. Six to eight weeks with a calf strain. So not good news for the Angels, who just moved on from Albert Pujols, who is now the cleanup hitter for the best team in baseball, which is funny. Uh, but Mike Trout being injured, not funny. That was weird, seeing Pujols in a Dodgers uniform. And hitting cleanup. Under 104 and a half looking pretty good. That was the win total? Yeah. If you would have told me that Pujols would be hitting cleanup for them at some point, I probably would have bet a lot more. We are going to have like a month off from football, right? I'm not complaining. No. But it feels like this year... Because we we had so uh, many issues, you know, last year with COVID, and so much uncertainty, and then we had abbreviated seasons. Like, people do not want to let football go. <laughs> you know, like the prom- the promotion uh, already for next season is. That I just saw I saw a graphic from ESPN Labor Day weekend football, right? I don't remember Labor Day weekend football being promoted in the past in May, but everyone's so jacked up to have a full season with fans. Is that preseason. What? Labor Day football? You thinking of Memorial Day? No, Labor Day is at the end of the summer. Yeah, but that's well, sort of. Isn't that preseason games though? No, for college football. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, like, it's like college football. Like that's a that's preseason week. Sorry, sorry. What are you talking? Uh, about? ESPN college football. They had a graphic out on the fourth of September. You got Bama, Miami on uh, the ESPN family stations. Georgia Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State, Louisville, Ole Miss. Some good crossover games there, except yeah. for Notre Dame, Florida State technically, I guess, isn't or is. I don't know what it is. It's a ACC half, or not. Kind of in the league. Yeah. Kind of not. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's. How about, and how about the other thing? Playing teams at a conference. As yeah, almost every big Power 5 conference is going to try to get freaking 11 games, the entire schedule in conference. I forgot that was a thing. You're allowed to play teams from other, I know. other, other conferences. Well, it's, getting, it's, it's starting to dwindle. Right? Yeah. Which they should be maxing out at nine, but, you know, the fact that they a lot of the Power Fives don't want to play anyone competitive from the group of five, that ain't helping. It would be nice to expand. Expand the playoffs, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it quite as much. Get every every conference champion in and a couple of wild cards. It would be very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That wasn't a strong response to you. Yep. Just my frustration. Uh-huh. I'm also still freaked out because there's a giant uh, horse racing track right behind you okay. uh, that you can't see, but I can. And there was, like, one of the most horrific crashes I've ever seen on oh, a wow. horse track. And it really distracted me, la- like, uh, ten minutes ago. Oh, is that what it was? Now they keep showing replays. Yeah. I'm like, please stop showing the replay of this poor horse. The horse and the jockey were both just laying there motionless. I was Stop. expecting uh, you to start acting like a former sports talk host that I was around in the mid-90s who would 
bar- could barely do a show because he was watching the the horses and you know taking hundreds out, ripping out hundreds to have the producer go and bet. It was actually the dogs. He's going to bet the dogs. Was he, was he a record holder of some sort? Yeah, it was Pedro's. Okay. So it wasn't like a secret. I, I thought mean, you were. Pete, I thought Pete you liked, didn't say the Pete, names. He liked about the dogs while he was doing a show in the middle of the MGM sports book. I was just insinuating he was the hit king. We can say it. It's not It's not some okay. secret. Everyone knows that Pete likes to gamble. By the way, Pete would love, this is not an endorsement approved by Pete, but uh, folks like Pete, um, all of us, they've got some cool new uh, setups here going down at Samstown. One, you should sign up for the betting app. Every place we go to, get the app. Yeah. Because you're waiting in line anymore. It's just, it's stupid, it's archaic, and it's inconvenient for you. So get the app at Samstown, the betting app, the mobile app. And if you are going to be here, now you got kiosks that you know are up essentially 24 hours a day. Now you can go to the betting kiosk, you know, real easy. Kiosks and apps—that's what it's all about. Well, I mean, I still want to see you know ticket writers do well. So we want the ticket writers to make their money too. So you know, it's a balancing act. Well, but, I, but, but the most convenient way—the mobile betting is awesome, and the fact that people are still standing in lines is kind of crazy. Yeah, and I want everybody else to use kiosks and apps so I can I can have access to the ticket writers myself. <laughs> Uh, Raiders have started to sign some of their drafted players. So some of the guys who were drafted a little bit later, uh, the center, Jimmy Morrissey, uh, safety, Tyree Gillespie. I know Nate Hobbs, fifth-round pick, he was signed, which is interesting because, believe it or not, there are some teams out there that are, like, so up against the cap, they got to still do some maneuvering just to sign their freaking rookies. One of those teams could be and probably will be the Falcons. Well, they just have to wait till after June 1st when Julio Jones is gone. Exactly. And that looks like uh, that's going to be the deal. Now, is someone going to trade for Julio Jones? We saw some creative deals. Like, I didn't think anyone would trade for Teddy Bridgewater. But they worked it out. Yeah. Now, the Broncos aren't paying much of the money, but they worked it out. I wonder if there's a trade where the Falcons can work something out so they don't have to just dump him. I mean, doesn't he see in – the other problem is that the cap – everybody has cap issues. Um, you're, somebody's going to have to be creative with it because, yep. you know, it's not like people are, you know, flush with money right now. I'm positive the Raiders are going to be interested. Like, they're going to be one of the suitors. Uh, that is just – that's such a prototypical Raiders-type move uh, that you know that they're going to be involved. What's the deal – well, what's their deal with money? They don't have any, like anybody else, but again – Do they have some people they can move? Sure. Uh, not move. They can cut. Sure, you can figure some stuff out. Uh, and I'm sure that they will. I, I mean, not necessarily for Julio Jones, but because you're always going to want to have some maneuverability. Uh, so I think there's going to be some guys that are definitely on the way out. Um, it will probably see that happen, start to happen soon. Uh, I know, you know, again, that June 1st date, deadline is pretty big for some contracts, and you'll start to see some movement after that. And then I think the, the Raiders are going to be in the market of, all right, if, if guys are getting cut, if guys are getting released, or if guys are available for trades, who do you get, and then what do you do with your team and your roster to manage it in order to create space to get those guys? Give me a lot of suitors for Julio Jones. A couple yeah. I heard mentioned today were the Lions, which I think is an interesting one. Very interesting. And the Colts. That would be a nice addition to the Colts. Colts. You, by, by the way, our conversation going back to last hour, do you believe we were talking to a guy in Nashville, uh, one of the radio guys, Chase McCabe, about the Titans and that uh, there are a lot of people out there predicting the AFC South could all come down a little bit while the Jaguars are moving up. Do you believe the Colts are headed backwards? I have concerns. Uh, mostly, 
mostly in that I do I do think Wentz with Reich is a is a good match, and I do think that Wentz will be better. Uh, but he was really bad at times last year, and like one thing we know about Wentz, it hasn't really you know it's it's been the same throughout his career. He's great when he has time, and he's not when he doesn't. And I'm worried about their offensive line. It took some it took some losses. Uh, they tried to make some additions, but like, when are they? Gonna, when are those guys going to be ready? Like, if Sam Tevy is playing minute, playing extended downs and a lot of reps, and he's got to play the first like seven, eight games, even, he's bad. Eric Fisher was a weird signing. Yeah, because he's great if he can play. He tore the Achilles last game of the season. When can he play? It, can he play this year? It's a one-year deal. What does that even mean? I, I don't know. So I, I, I have some questions about that and. You know, that receiving core, as much as I like Pittman, like T.Y. Hilton is old, at least getting older. It wasn't great last uh, year. Well, he also was a deep guy, and they had a guy that couldn't throw the ball downfield. Good point with Rivers. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely have questions about the Colts, even though I think Frank Reich is awesome. Uh, and I do think that that reunion is going to work out fairly well. Uh, I, I'm just worried about their offensive line, and I'm worried about their weapons. Would Julio Jones would change that. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. I'll tell you what I would really love to do just in general, and I've talked to Sheila about this. I I don't think we're going to be able to do it, but I would love to literally just have a pet line just a legit pet line on a chain, a big ass chain, and he just—he really is my pet. We just walk around the building. We go out to practice. We're in seven on seven. We're behind the kicker when he's kicking. It's Cofield and Company on the road. Sam's down. Racing Sportsbook is the spot. Adam Hill is here. Cofield. We're getting ready for VGK game number two. That was Dan Campbell, head coach, I guess, of the Lions. I—I—I I, I don't know what. His job is really going to be, I feel like he should be a CEO type because I don't know if he's making all the decisions. You think that guy should be a CEO? No. The CEO in football. It's weird, man. And we got into this debate a while ago. Miles Simmons is with us, Pro Football Talk. How you doing, Miles? Uh, I'm great. You just played an intro from my king, Dan Campbell, and I got to tell you, man, I love it. I just love it. This is a convo that we had a while back when, you know, like the Chargers hire Brandon Staley, who apparently is a genius. And then there are other organizations that are like, we want the big galoot. We want big fella. I don't know which I don't know which is going to work. I, I'm, I have some doubts about Dan Campbell, though. Oh, well, I mean, I think we all should have some doubts about Dan Campbell. I mean, look, <laughs> he's been a an interim head coach before. Yeah. And, I mean, he did some decent things with Miami that year, but it's not like he was all that great. And, look, I think some of this rah-rah stuff he does, if the Lions don't get off to a good start or if they don't really start showing progress throughout the year, that stuff is not going to work beyond year two. It's really not because guys are going to tune you out if they feel like they don't have a good chance to win with you. But up until then, I mean – I was one of the people who was like, man, if Dan Campbell didn't look like Dan Campbell looked and he got on, uh, you know, the podium for his opening press conference 
and started talking about biting off kneecaps, then uh, he might not have been able to get out of the interview. But as time has gone on, you know, I've just embraced it. I think Dan Campbell's great. I'm rooting for the Lions because I want to have Dan Campbell sound bites for the rest of my life. So, you know what? We'll see if it works. It may not, but I hope it does. Uh, you know my feelings on this person already, but does Dan Campbell and Jared Goff work? Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, does Dan Campbell uh, and Anthony Lynn and Jared Goff work, right? Because Anthony Lynn is going to be the guy who's calling the plays, who's really implementing the offense. And, I mean, you know, Anthony Lynn really liked your guy Tyrod Taylor, right? So I think if the run game is good and if the protection is as good as it can be, you know, they've got a decent offensive line with Decker at left tackle, with Ragnow at center. Now they've added Tenny Sewell as the right tackle, and that was one of my favorite picks in the entire draft. Like, that has the potential to be a really darn good offensive line. And that's the only way that Jared Goff can be a really good quarterback is if he's got good protection in front of him. Now, having said all that, are they going to be a great offense? Mm, I don't know if they've got the horses, right? Like, you know, you, Ty, is Tyrell Williams their best wide receiver right now? Perryman, I think they've also got. Like, that's not, that's not going to inspire much confidence, you know? So I don't know if they've got the weapon, but, I mean, I could – they at least have a decent offensive line that can protect a little bit. Well, and, and we'll go further because we, we just were discussing the Lions as a possible destination for Julio Jones, but that actually, as much Ugh. as they need weapons, that doesn't make sense. Like, I like what they're building. Like, I think they're building for, like, two years from now, but what does Julio Jones do to help you two years from now? Okay, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I don't think that the Lions are in a position where you trade for a guy that – is going to be a number one wide receiver because you don't need that guy to help you right now. You need him to help you when you have your franchise QB already and that guy, you know, and you're missing one or two pieces to get to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, like, that's the kind of guy that you trade for if you have somebody on a rookie contract who's a QB and they help you get to the Super Bowl. I mean, think of um, Arizona last year with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. That's the kind of thing that it would make more sense. So, you know, Baltimore seems like a better destination for me, uh, for Julio Jones, for a potential trade, just because, again, you've got the QB on the rookie contract. They may or may not get something done with Lamar Jackson in this offseason, but at least that's a team that's going for it right now. I, I, the Lions aren't doing that, and, you know, they've got a, an additional first-round pick from the Rams over the next couple years for that trade where they accepted Jared Goff's contract in exchange for Matthew Stafford. So I think that that's why they're set up well for the next couple of years. You're right, Adam, and not just really right now. Uh, we are still waiting to hear what exactly happens with Deshaun Watson. I, I, I'm intrigued just because I don't know how many games he's going to be allowed to play this year. I don't know what the NFL is going to do. I think they're in a holding pattern of what they're going to do and have no idea at this point. But will he still get traded, or could he still get traded despite all this? Oh, I, I think it's almost a certainty that he does get traded. If you're Houston, why would you want to keep that guy around at this point? You know, he's caused you nothing but trouble over the course of this offseason. You already have somebody in Tyrod Taylor, you know, your guy, Adam, that can come in there and that can really 
plays 16 games if you need to. And then they drafted Davis Mills with the third in the third round. And he's somebody that maybe, you know, depending on how he does in practice, you want to see what you have there. But I, I certainly don't see Deshaun Watson playing another game for the Houston Texans. And now his trade value is also kind of tanked. But he's still somebody who's very young and that's getting into his prime as a potential elite quarterback. So his trade value is not what it once was. You know, like I was saying, you know, three, four first-round picks, that's not out of the question to me for Deshaun Watson. I think you got to back that way off now, maybe two first-round picks. That's still a lot to command for QB. But I think, you know, given his potential, look, whether he's suspended for four games, eight games the entire season – He's still young enough that he can come back and he can still be that elite kind of QB for a, maybe another decade, if not longer. So that is really where the trade value is just, man, you're just not sure. And you anticipate a suspension even if there is a settlement? Yeah, and part of that is because of what happened with Ben Roethlisberger in the past. You know, there were only, I believe, two cases, and Ben Roethlisberger still got suspended for that. And the league, when I mean, you have. 22 of these cases, you know, and there's upwards of 40 women that he has had that could have been his massage therapist, right, based on the fact that he also had 18 come out the statement in favor uh, of Deshaun Watson's character. It just seems like that's not going to be something that goes completely unpunished. So, again, I'm not sure how long he's going to get suspended, but I think it's fair to expect that he will be. Is it fair to ask why wasn't Robert Kraft punished? Uh, yes, but I think that uh, the answer is probably because Robert Kraft is an owner, and he's one of the most influential owners um, in the entire National Football League. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, the commissioner works for the owners, right? And if there wasn't a sense from the other 30 owners, um, you know, not counting the Green Bay Packers, of course, like, then I think that that is part of why that wouldn't have happened. I'm I'm not digging for you know behind the scenes information here, Miles. But I would oh love to, I what would love to know no. I would love to know how stories get assigned uh, over at Pro Football Talk. And this is Miles Simmons from uh, PFT because I feel like when the John Gruden comments about Derek Carr not getting much credit for how good he's playing came across the wire, like you were just scrambling, like I got it, I got it. <laughs> well, frankly, I mean, that's kind of the way it works. You know, we see something, we say that we got it, and then we get it. And that happened over the weekend, too. So, I mean, it's honestly, I mean, to go inside baseball, we've had conversations about, hey, we haven't seen John Gruden say really pretty much anything all off season, And, you know, having covered some of them in offseason for the Raiders, I understand that what they do, and what a lot of different teams do, is the GM is kind of the face of things and the voice of things during the offseason. And then during the season, that's always the head coach. That makes a lot of sense. However, you know, look across the league, your head coach usually speaks about the draft pick, right? There's usually some sort of availability with the head coach, and John Gruden hasn't really had that, especially because the combine didn't happen this year, right? So this is the first time that John Gruden really says anything all offseason. It's like, oh, yes, I would please. I, I would love to be able to handle that. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that really answers the question, but yes, that's uh, that's the way it works. So, what what do you make of the actual comments? Like, I, I I'm always intrigued. I'm Nothing. always intrigued by it. Nothing, Adam. Because okay, look, when 
Eric Allen, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way to EA because he's a really, really darn good player, and he's a Raiders legend, and he's doing his job. But when the question comes, and when the question comes is, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's basically how excited are you to have such a good QB room where, you know, you're getting these guys and they already know everything. And it's like, well, the answer to the question is sort of skewed based on what that question is. Now, Gruden went out of his way because of that to say, well, Derek Carr doesn't get enough credit for the way that he's been playing. I'm like, that's fine. I mean, but, like, at the end of the day, it's not, I don't know, it it, it doesn't strike me as something that we really need to make all that much out of because – if even if John Gruden is saying nice things, he's saying nice things on the Raiders television show. It's not like he went and you know you or Ed or Vinny or Heidi or anybody else was asking him that question in a press conference setting. Right. So I just, I mean, and I used to do television shows like that when I when I you know in my past life when I worked for the Rams for a long time. So I understand that like how those things work. And again, I'm not trashing them for doing their job, but it's like, how much can you really make out of something when even if John Gruden said something moderately critical of Derek Carr, they could have edited it out. So, I don't know. Um, we, we talked about Deshaun Watson uh, a minute ago, but I just want to f- follow up with him in terms of what is the Texans' plan exactly? Like, they signed all these free agents <laughs> – and, like, they signed some pretty good players, but a lot of depth players. And they don't, like, I don't know what they're doing. They're building for the future, but with veterans? Like, I, I don't really get it. But are they building for the future? Because so many of these contracts were just one-year deals, maybe two-year deals, you know? It's not like, it's not like, boy, and I don't I don't like saying this, especially because it's freaking May. But, <laughs> like, is David Culley going to be there beyond this year? <laughs> Nick Casario is going to be probably because he's in with Jack Easterby. But what are they going to do? That's not, I mean, it's not fair for me to say that, you know, for David Culley, because I don't know if they're going to be good or not. And frankly, David Culley has been in this league for such a long time that, you know, he knows something about coaching football. So I'm really interested to see like how that turns out. Um, But it's just, it's a weird, weird thing that's going on down there because, Frankly, I mean, they didn't have enough uh, draft picks to really stock up on young talent this year. I mean, you can thank Bill O'Brien for that and trading all those dudes away. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's hard to say what exactly the Texans are going to do, what they're going to be. Because right now, they certainly don't look like they're going to be good. I mean, if, if, if I have to take the Texans or the Lions to be, you know, worse this year, I'm probably taking the Texans to be worse. But and the Lions are you know not going to be favored in almost any other game, so at least as it stands right now, I believe. So yeah, it's it's hard to know what the Texans are doing. Miles, we appreciate it. I just want to tell you, uh, I, I hope you miss Adam Hill because we had a we had a nice conversation earlier about mask and the chaos that's going on now. The, Adam was very worked up about the chaos. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. Adam's always worked up about the chaos, even when there's no chaos. Adam gets worked that's, up. That was that was mostly my point. Miles, thank you. <laughs> Take care, guys. Well, as it turned out, actually, your story, there was some chaos. But we, we'll have to, we'll, uh, that'll, be, uh, that'll be on the podcast uh, one of these nights. 
Uh, Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Angels helping us out. Here is Samstown. We're just outside the race and sports book. Come on down. Check out the Vegas Golden Knights game tonight. On the way back, we got the Fat Pack, and we'll get you an update on what's going on with the NBA playing. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. C'è la luna mezzo mare, mamma mia, mare da te. Piglia mia, cutta dure, mamma mia, ti pensa tu. Well, we had a game plan for today's Fat Pack. But uh, as I said before, it could be about food. It could be about you know restaurants, bars. It could just be about fat people. And I feel like we, we owe the uh, White Sox, your mean Mercedes, like 10 more minutes to back him in what he did yesterday against uh, one of the Twins players who came in and was throwing meatballs, and so 3-0 pitch comes in. He freaking jacks the hell out of the ball. Home run. Uh, one of the announcers on the Twins broadcast was like, eh, I don't know if I like that. Tony LaRusso has come out and said we're going to punish him. We're going to punish the guy for hitting a home run. And now I just saw John Cusack, is, uh, he wants to be involved, and he's a little, you know, cuckoo. He gets a little, he gets a little out there. Uh, he just said uh, Mercedes waited 10 years to get to the bigs. Why would he waste an at-bat? Nailed it. Yep. Tony LaRusso. He's mad. Why isn't he managing the team? You know, it's weird how there was no concern about respecting the game when he was managing a team that had a bunch of guys who were freaking 290 pounds and even the middle infielders were hitting 35 home runs. It's weird about the respect of the game in those cases. But you're right. Well, the stocky guy hitting a home run off a 47-mile-an-hour pitch, that's disrespecting the game. All right, Tone. I also saw a lot of people on Twitter like, Oh, you're, you're, you care about unwritten rules, but not actual DUI laws, bro? Oh. Like, really? Yeah, that one's rough. <laughs> that one's rough. I mean, it's a fair comeback. Did you use the air fryer this weekend? No. I've got a suggestion for you. I think I'm okay. going to try, and I we, we missed the boat on this one. You'll, you'll know why in a couple of seconds. I think I've got a new recipe for the air fryer for you. Uh, let's go out to uh, Fox in D.C. where they're going to try a new delicacy on the air. Bugs are, eating bugs are all of the rage. They are a, literally a superfood. They are full of antioxidants. Not only that, but they're a complete source of protein, meaning that they contain all nine essential amino acids. Not only that, crickets have two times the protein in comparison to conventional proteins. All right. Would you eat a cricket if prepared nicely? First of all, it sounds like she's just reading, which she is, but it's just like, why Why are you trying to make these claims like it's... Well, she was like a little you nervous. Know what you're talking she's about. like the diva chef. I forget her name. At least something. She was a little nervous when I was watching the video. So... A little, little nervous. A little nervous. Uh, I, I believe you know this, that the uh, one of the restaurants I really love in Cancun uh, has the specialty of the grasshopper guacamole. Oh, oh, really? All right. Hold it. Hold it. Let's let's get through the story. And I want I want you to bring up the uh, the grasshoppers again. Fire it. And you said they're all the rage. So everybody else, they're just out of style, right? They don't get it. <laughs> this is yeah, this is on I trend. Saying, there are mad restaurants yeah. out there that have bugs on the menu in the United States and, and international. Right. 
See, there you go. Right. Right, Adam? Yes. I was setting you up. For sure. Not. The, it's not, like, my favorite thing. But it's cool after, you know, a long day at the, the beach drinking margaritas. You're like, all right, why not? I'll try it. And? Crunchy. Okay. Keep that in mind. Keep going, Ari. Okay, so I'm going to show you, since it's Tuesday, guess what it is? It's Taco Tuesday. Your girl's going to show you how to make some Chipotle cricket tacos. Cicadas tacos? Yes. Cicada tacos. I'm showing you right now the uh, grasshopper guacamole, which is, uh, like yeah. I said, it's... I mean, they don't, they don't really... They're not masking the fact that they're grasshoppers. No. I mean, they kind of look... They look spicy. It's a really fancy spot, too. Hmm. Um, the guacamole is incredible. We are like, guacamole would actually be really good without the grasshopper, but it's... Did you, you know, did you just drench the grasshopper and guacamole to try to stomach it? I would throw, like, one grasshopper on, like, a chip with a lot of guacamole. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, here's, uh, here's the anchor actually eating some cicadas that were prepped by someone else, and she takes you through the experience and says what it tastes like. It smells fantastic, first of all. So let me try. Here we go. Oh, it is crunchy. There we go. Mmm. Uh, mm. How is it? Crunchy at first, then gooey. Oh, <laughs> no. Very gooey. <laughs> I'm getting shrimp. Mm. I'm getting um, maybe a little chicken. Mm-hmm. It's actually good. Now, all that moaning and groaning was actually other people on the set. Yeah. But my I, my favorite part is when she's like, it's really gooey. Like, it was getting it was getting a little tough. Uh, what is it? What is go- what gooey? Yeah, that's weird. That I was mean, not a great description, but then she threw in shrimp and chicken. I was like, okay, I'm back. But that's that's just what everybody says everything tastes like, which yeah. is it's ridiculous. Um, I, well, will say, I mean, like, most of it comes down to how it's prepared, and sure. but but the texture of it being crunchy, and then whatever gooey explosion she got. That that's weird. Bubblicious or whatever I, it was. There. I can only speak is, from. Is my, that the one that had the, the goo? What was the one that had the goo in the middle of the gum? It wasn't bubblicious. No, like burst fruit bubble Might burst, burst or yeah. whatever. I don't know what it is. Um, there were, was there gooeyness when you tried your crickets? No, it's, it's grasshoppers, first of all. And, you're saying, yeah. and, like, it was just crunchy. Like, there was no taste. There was no there was no real flavor to it. Mm. It's just crunchy. Because it, it's, not like there's, it's not like there's a whole lot of meat on them that you're, like, getting a flavor from. Like, you just taste a crunch. Did we do the squirrel thing on Friday, too? Oh, boy. Yeah. We've been gross. Well, a couple of these shows. Back. But... You know, we're trying to get you healthier. It's high in protein. Squirrel or bug? Bug. I don't know about squirrel. It's supposed to be lean. It's definitely lean. A little nutty. Oh, that's right. You weren't here Friday. I thought I was. No, was he? So we talked squirrels? Yeah. Okay, we talked With, squirrels. Uh, yeah, the lineman. Yeah, because then uh, I found the site that had the uh, the barbecue squirrel wings, which, which are not really wings. They're not wings. We get it. We don't have to do this one again. <laughs> they're not. Uh, next up. Let's find out what uh, Sam Paniotovich is doing for the game tonight. Not where he's watching it. We know he's in Boston. But how he's going to approach the Golden Knights game and how the hockey playoffs have been going so far. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and company's eye on sports betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. NBA playing game number one, Destruction. 
Pacers up 24 at the half, nearly hung 70 on the board. Uh, more updates on another one of these stupid unwritten rules, play the game with respect dealios in baseball. So the reason that Larusa could be mad is that he actually gave the take sign, so that would be a violation of Larusa's order. Uh, but I love this one. Rocco Baldelli says that uh, he did get the feeling from the dugout that the White Sox weren't happy, and he got the message from Larusa. He said, while the message was received, it doesn't quell some of the emotions from the guys in the clubhouse oh on the twin God. side. I can't. I, why are you I swear this? to God, if I was a major league pitcher on the White Sox, I would hit. I would hit as many guys as I could before I, I got thrown out. Next time I face them, yeah, shut up. I would be throwing at Larusa in my own dugout. Well, I've I've actually suggested that before. Who was it last year that I was saying that you just got to turn sideways and throw to the dugout? I can't like just step off the mound and just chuck it at the dugout. I'm sure it was the same situation. It's, it, yes, because I go I I go ape you, and so do you every freaking time. It's stupid. Unwritten rules. I feel like the White Sox are penny out penny out of it just team. He's a Red Sox guy now. He's a Red Sox guy. Yeah. What's up, Sam? What's up, buddy? If you don't want to get run over, man, get the hell off the track. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll tell you this. Uh, try to start something with uh, Yermin Mercedes, who's 5'11", 340. Let's do that. Did, did you see how much he cocked up for that swing, too? Because that pitch didn't come in at 67 or exactly. 77. It came in at 47, which is a different story for a different day. If you want to throw an infielder or an outfielder in a baseball game, you get what you pay for. But Mercedes, he, he looked like Hito in uh, Rookie of the Year when Rowan Gardner's, like, floating it up and – he knows his tongue is out of his mouth and he's trying to crush it. Like Mercedes, the leg kick and the bat, like they just they exploded on the ball. I seriously hope all White Sox fans turn on Larusa and shame him into saying that he's wrong. Well, in Larusa, I don't know. Can we even confirm that he knew what happened until this morning when he woke up? I mean, like he, like this guy has a couple times this year now. Like he hasn't known the rules. You know, it's funny how he cares all the all, all that much about an unwritten rule, but he didn't know that he didn't have to run his closer in the 10th <laughs> inning. So, you know, you pick and choose your poison when you're Tony La Russa, I guess. Can I say, Sam, that I'm still chuckling, but I have a feeling that Steve had no idea about the Rookie of the Year reference that you made. There's no way you saw that movie, Steve. No. No. <laughs> no. I thought it was a great reference, too. I love oh, it. Someone on the show got it. Yes. I'm sure everyone on the show, not Ari. Uh, but almost everyone got it. You know, you're hitting like 80%. That's good. That's good. By the way, I hear you're at Samstown. Only fitting that you call us, Sam. But I'm a little sad. I heard uh, I heard my ice cream shop, Calamity Jane's, is still like temporarily closed. It's been slow. Everything's been a little slow to open up. But it's getting there. It's getting there. It's starting to crank yeah, it up that's here. good. Yeah. Good. It's a good, it's a good shout-out. I actually just walked by to go get uh, coffee from over there. And uh, it looks like maybe they're on the verge of coming back soon. Well, you know me, Adam. I get around, so I, I know everybody. I know everywhere. Um, what was your? You by guys, the way, what was your? What was your menu choice, or uh, what's your favorite ice cream? You just get regular ice cream. You get a cone. What do you do? A Sunday? Banana split guy, I think. You think he's banana split? Guy? I go banana split all oh, the yeah. time. <laughs> You're crazy, man. You really are. I don't know what that means. I like. I like. Do you like banana splits? They're delicious. Okay. Who doesn't? It was never my favorite. Sam is also, I think, in the area where they have friendlies, which I miss friendlies as this True. conversation goes way off the track. But he, he obviously has no reaction. Cone, or Conehead he just hung Sunday? Up. He's a Conehead Sunday guy. Maybe. Sam, are you still with us? I have no idea what's going on. But I can tell yeah. you this. Hey, I, I wish you guys could have watched <laughs> that Boston Bruins game with me last night. I was a 
freaking roller coaster because I have the Bruins to win the Cup, 14 and 18. I had the Bruins in game two at minus 130. And I love to do this in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially after game one. Will you take the team that was a sizable or a heavy favorite after they lose that first game? They become an underdog in the series more times than not. So then I jump back into the pond on Bruins series plus 120 down one nothing. I need a goal, man, in the final eight minutes, and it didn't happen until the final few. Bruins tie it, equalize, and then they win it in overtime. I mean, like if you could have watched that game with me, I mean, you could have you could have sold that to anybody looking for betting content. I was a freaking roller coaster in that third period and overtime. Good news, Sam. There's friendlies all over Boston, so you're gonna have to go to one. Yeah, is nice... that really how you're going to respond to what I just said? Yeah, that's yeah. all I was doing is looking up how many locations there were in Massachusetts. <laughs> that's, that's he's hard. He's hard to keep focus, man. It's hard to keep focus. It's very difficult. Once you have the Conan Sunday, you'll never go back to a banana split. That's a promise. Uh, do you think that does change this here? I mean, are they are they going to to pull away from the, in the series now after kind of that dramatic victory? They did their job. You know that. I mean, you cover hockey, you cover sports. You know, a seven-game series, if you're the road team, you got to split, you know, remove home ice and come back home, you know, with an edge. And I'll tell you what, I was looking at the prices at the Westgate. I think the Westgate has really respected the Bruins more than any other book in Las Vegas. Before game one, they had Bruins minus 160 in the series. Before game two, they had Capitals minus 140. Right now, their price on the series, Bruins minus 200. I mean, do you think that they are one of the top contenders to win it once they get through the series? No, I think they come out of the East, and then at that point in time, I'll hedge and get creative, maybe even sell a ticket or maybe both. Um, You know, that Colorado team is loaded. Uh, Vegas Vegas is still very good, and there's another team, if you're – you know, talking about a team that lost the first game. I think the first game is the least important game of the entire series. I still like Vegas in the best of seven. You could take Vegas now at a much cheaper price and a much more advantageous number for your bankroll. But Colorado is loaded. Uh, Vegas is really good. And then out here, I know you guys probably don't see much of these games living out in Las Vegas, but the Carolina uh, Hurricanes are, are very good. Um, they might be the most complete team. They don't have the um, – the star power that Colorado and Vegas have, but they roll four lines. They've got two really good defensive pairs, and their net has been incredible. That's a really good hockey team in Carolina. How do you approach maybe taking a shot on one of the Canadian teams, not necessarily uh, for how good they are, but just the logistics of we don't even know where they're going to be playing? <laughs> That's a really good point. The other thing about the Canada teams, most of them don't play any defense. And, uh, you know, last time I checked, you have to win the Stanley Cup playing some form of defense like i watched a lot of those games this year like when the oilers played the maple leafs those totals would open at six close six and a half and it'd be six to four in the third period you know like you eventually have to stop somebody in the stanley cup playoffs so i I really am not that high on any of those teams uh toronto um I, i just don't see it you know montreal could be a sleeper because of the net i just i don't like any of those teams really to make deep runs i like them you know in a given series but to win 16 games, nah, I'm good. Sam Paniadovich, Nesson, also uh, Fox Sports is with us talking a little uh, sports gambling. What are you doing tonight with the Wizards and the Celtics? Well, if the game ever starts out here, it's a 9.30 tip at the Garden. Um, I'm going over 24.5 points on uh, Russell Westbrook. He has been taking, in the last five games, he's taken 109 shots. 
Uh, Bradley Beal, banged up hamstring, not anywhere near 100%. Westbrook is one of those guys in the regular season. He loves to stuff the stat sheet. He wants to be Oscar Robertson, blah, blah, blah. But when you get to the postseason and he's the only option, he's going to go into black hole mode. He's going to take, I think he's going to take 25 shots, put up eight free throws. He's going to have the volume. And when you look at player props, you're looking for opportunity and volume. And I think with Beal, nowhere near where he should be, Westbrook is going to have every opportunity in really a must-win game. This is a game with the seven seed on the line. He's going to have to, Cofield, he's got to take 25 shots in the game. Sammy T is with us. Expecting a big game from Russell Westbrook. All right, weeks one through eighteen are out at the Superbook. Anything, <laughs> any, anything jump out to you? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, but I, I think there's a way we can make money. Just, just quickly though, I I think that line is a little low on Tampa laying three three and a half at New England in the Brady reunion. I feel like that number should be four and a half or five. Um, I guess we'll wait and see on that, but. I think you can use these markets. Now, the casual better is not going to fire on a Week 10 game in the middle of May. But if you're either really high or really low on a team, you could beat the market, man, by, like, you know, several points in many games. Like, I'm really high on the L.A. Chargers this year. I like them over nine. I like Herbert for MVP. We've already talked about that. But if I bet the Chargers in Week 10 and Week 12 and 13 and 15 and they start out like seven and two, dude, I'm going to beat the market big time. Uh, on the flip side of that, I don't really like the Detroit Lions this year. There are some games where the Lions are getting seven or eight or ten. If they suck as bad as I think they can, those that seven could become an eleven. That ten could become a fourteen. You know, like you could get ahead of the market in a serious way on many different games in many different weeks. I think that's something that many people don't really think about. Uh a couple other questions on that, but real quick, you have no concerns about Justin Herbert being a bottom five passer from a clean pocket last year? Well, he's no Josh Allen, but yeah, I like him still. Okay. I mean, I, I, like the a lot of the numbers that were really good last year are kind of fluky type numbers, and the clean pocket number was very frightening from Herbert. Oh, well, they got better on the offensive line. They brought in Lindsley from Green Bay. They drafted Slater, the kid from Northwestern, who should have been top ten. He fell to him at 13. Uh, and they drafted that burner. They needed some speed down the field. They got a guy that can go down the field. Um, they drafted him in the third round. I, I like their room. I like their line. And I like him. I, I think he played really well, man. I don't know why you hate all these young, good quarterbacks. Uh, I don't I don't hate him. I just think a lot of the numbers are, are pretty fluky, and there's going to be some regression. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. Uh, I, I, I do think in the futures market, one of the things to potentially look at is, like, there are chances, like, you could take a chance on the Broncos getting Aaron Rodgers and bet the Broncos in a bunch of games, and guess what? If they don't, then you bet out of it. Yeah, you could bet out of it. I, I think, you know, they'll be quick to move those numbers. But, yeah, if you're Johnny on the spot, for sure. I mean, there are some games where Denver's like a one-point favorite, and if they don't get Rodgers, Denver could go to, you know, plus four, plus five. got to remember, there's a really big drop-off, too, between Rodgers and Locke. It's not only the worth of a guy like Rodgers, but – it's the relativity between Rodgers and the backup. You know, in Green Bay, there's probably an eight-point drop-off between Rodgers and Tim Boyle or Jordan Love or whoever the hell's back there. Um, you know, Rodgers the lock is a is a pretty precipitous drop. I think that's it's probably a six-point drop. No, I would agree. But wait, are you? Do you think that they built Rodgers into the line then? Like, I think they did it halfway. I think yeah, I think they did it halfway. I don't think they did it all the way to the finish line. I think they're like halfway through the forest, and I think. 
you're seeing a lot of books do that with the Green Bay-New Orleans game. You know, New Orleans had Drew Brees retire, and it's, the line is still three. I feel like if Rodgers is there, you would never give Aaron Rodgers three points against the Saints. If Rodgers is there, they're probably minus one. But if Rodgers is in there, they're probably plus five. I feel like they sort of they went to the middle, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. That's almost what you have to do, right? If you're going to be – if you're going to make numbers for every game during the season, you have to build something into there. You can't just assume nothing is going to happen between now and the start of the season. Right. And I talked to our buddy Tony Miller at the Golden Nugget, and he said, like, they're already rooting against the Broncos. Like, that's the last team they need. You know, it's May 18th, last time I checked, and the Denver uh, Broncos, Tony opened them at 70, and I think he's sitting at 20 right now. Um, that doesn't even count all the money that would continue to come. Like, once they trade for him, if that happens, that number's going down to 10. And the Golden Nugget will lose, like, seven figures if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver and they win the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to happen, but bookmakers think about stuff like this. Sammy, great job, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. I right, love you. I'll see you. There he is, Sam Panijanovic, Nesson, and Fox Sports National. His uh, spot today is brought to you by Dustin DeHart. And Nova Home Loans, it's Military Appreciation Month, and Nova Home Loans is offering to uh, waive their lender processing fee on all VA loans throughout the month. they got record low interest rates and no processing fees, so it's a great opportunity for veterans and active-duty military to refinance their existing loan or purchase a home today. 877-700-NOVA is the number. Nova Home Loans has been uh, helping out a lot of you listeners, and now they're looking to step up and help out veterans and active-duty military. So give them a call, 877-700-NOVA. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.